Subjugation is liberation! Contradiction is truth! Those are the facts of this world! And you will all surrender to them! You pigs in human clothing! Tech Tools, a couple of tools talking about tech, politics, UFOs, conspiracy theories, whatever uh, catches our attention for the moment. I am Dean Ledwig and I'm broadcasting from my bunker in the Blue Ridge Mountains, also known as FEMA District Number 4. And I'm Scott Dunlop, reporting from an abandoned missile silo in Lukenbach, Texas. All right. Welcome, Scott. Um, let's kick this off. I, uh, I saw a story the other day. Oh, huh. oh. Hold on. Oh, we got a gender first. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, here it comes. What am I gonna get? What am I gonna get? Come on, come on. All right, I am a non-gender specific F sixteen, and I'm a transgendered fire hydrant. How does that work? I guess I'm red or yellow. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Maybe you're striped. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Okay. Well, let's see. In the news, um, I, I heard this the other day. thought it was pretty funny. Nirvana, the band Nirvana, is being sold, uh, sued for uh, child pornography. Their album, Nevermind, which is probably one of the biggest selling albums in the 90s, uh, featured a, a naked baby on the cover chasing a, you know, swimming after a dollar bill. Well, the baby, who's now 30, Spencer Eldon, uh, is suing $150,000 each for each band member and I think it's nine other people, including producers, etc. And he's, he's claiming that the fact that the baby is swimming after a dollar bill makes him look like a sex worker. <laughs> so... Child pornography and prostitution charges are, are what he's charging anyway in his lawsuit. Um, now, let's also remember that he's recreated that image a couple of times, been paid a couple hundred bucks each time. It's nothing major, but he's used that uh, publicity. He has uh, benefited from that publicity, and now he's trying to cash in on it. You know, we've become such a sue-happy society. You know, it's it's crazy. People want something for nothing. And that's kind of what society's going to. So if you can sue somebody, hey, go for it. Well, it makes sense that he's a millennial and doesn't want to go out and make a living for himself. So he decides to try to live off other people. And I think that his previous attempts at making money off of his uh, former fame has failed and he's, you know, it's kind of run dry and he doesn't have any other options. So this will get him some publicity in order to, for people to even look at him. And I'd like to see him get some money out of Kurt Cobain because that's probably not going to happen. But, uh, well, being that he's 30 years old, I wonder if he's living in his parents' basement. Yeah, probably, probably waiting for them to die so he can, uh, have a place to live and, 
invite girls over without his mom making him lunchables and getting him little <laughs> snack packs. Mom, can we have some Kool Aid? Yeah. Mom, can I have a hot pocket? <laughs> well, what you guys got? So the first thing I want to talk about is continuing with our Afghanistan debacle. Um, Biden lets China grab the world's biggest lithium deposits with botched Afghanistan exit. And this story comes from the International Business Times, so probably not a political rag. Uh, Afghanistan has rare earth elements between 1 trillion and 3 trillion. Afghanistan has the largest reserve of lithium in the world. Some of the experts believe that China will try to grab Afghan rare earth reserves through an alliance with the Taliban. China says its embassy in Kabul remains in full operation. The Afghan capital was seized by the Taliban over the weekend. Having said all that, you know, I just find it strange that we've got this whole push for electric cars and we give up the biggest reserve for lithium in the world. Seems a little crazy to me. So the price of gas has skyrocketed. I went and got gas yesterday and I was really surprised. It's up 60% of what I paid three months ago. And that's for diesel because uh, I've got a hybrid you know, it runs on <laughs> diesel and oxygen. So uh, um, it was a little surprising at the gas pump about how how much gas is right now after the pipeline that Trump was building got shut down by Biden immediately so that he could have his trucking buddy truck all the gas instead of using a pipeline to do it. And this big push for electric vehicles and then gives up the world's largest lithium deposit. Well, I mean, we were, when Biden took office, we were already oil independent. We did not require oil from any other nation or OPEC or anything else. We supplied all of our own oil. Now we're not, uh, you know, since he shut down that pipeline and some other wonderful bills that he signed, we are no longer that way. We're back to getting a lot of our oil from other countries, uh, including OPEC, which is, you know, a lot of those countries like Venezuela is a big major player in OPEC. Um, you know, these are countries we don't want to do business with anyway, but we are. And, you know, the oil companies are not going to complain about it because when we were independent, uh, independently creating all of our own oil and gas and so forth, their profits were down. But now, since we're back into the international market, the gas prices are dependent on the barrel of oil prices in the commodities market instead of, you know, what we can produce it at. So their profits are way up. That's what happens when, you know, gas prices go up. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that in California, there's places it's well over $5 a gallon. Well, let's not forget, too, that they're paying corn farmers to produce ethanol so that they can mix it in with the gas so they can charge so it doesn't cost so much for them to produce because they can dilute the gas. Since it's ethanol, it burns faster, so it's less efficient. And we're doing all this stuff, and yet we're still trying to push this electric agenda. And I don't know if people have seen strip mining, but it leaves a big 
hole in the ground. Environmentally, it seems like strip mining is a lot worse than pumping something natural out of the ground because people need to remember that those are natural resources that we're pumping out of the ground and they don't leave scars on the planet. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, though another way to look at this is we never stopped any of the poppy farming in Afghanistan while we were there. Um, supposedly we burned a few fields here and there, you know, kind of make it look good, I think. You know, which is where the bulk of the heroin is produced. Now, if China goes in there and does all this mining for the lithium, it's going to eat up a lot of that property that's used for poppy fields. Well, what's that going to play into it? How's the CIA going to pay for their special ops without the poppies? Well, I mean, there's always Columbia and cocaine and, you know, the, the, the old standby. You know, that's what they've used for uh, for many, many years. Well, we've been guarding their poppy fields for the last 20 years and, and flying that stuff out on C-130s and C-5As. So, <laughs> I don't know. And that kind of started with the pharmaceutical companies getting soccer moms hooked on opioids. And then once they get their prescriptions cut off, they go to street drugs. Well, we could go down that rabbit hole. Well, I mean, you know, think about it. When, you know, how long is the opiate crisis? You know, they always call it a crisis, and it is. But how long has that been going on? We've had heroin and morphine and oxy and all these drugs for decades before there was ever a crisis. Well, that's true, too. But now it's uh, it's become so large with middle-class soccer moms that that can't be avoided. So when it's when it's just junkies out in the street and the lower class, well, we can avoid that. We can just say, well, they're just they're just losers and and that's fine. But when it comes to the middle class, the people who have the money, it starts to get noticed and that's why the they had to say something about it. It had to be brought to the forefront because you just can't ignore that problem when you have it in your own community. Yeah, um, I, I see what you're saying, and it's true. You know, when uh, when it's, you know, junkies on the street, you walk by him and you think, poor guy, or it's his own fault, or, you know, whatever you happen to think, you know, about him sitting there maybe with a needle in his arm or, you know, uh, withdrawing, whatever. But when it's your neighbor in a, you know, half-million-dollar neighborhood, then it hits home and, oh, my God, we got to do something about this. Let's start a rally. So staying on the Afghanistan, Biden says he bears responsibility for Afghanistan, then blames Trump. So <laughs> President Joe Biden said Thursday he bears responsibility for what happened of late in Afghanistan. He said of, 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 of you know, man, come on, man, you know, you know, of late. <laughs> you know, Corn Pop was there. In Afghanistan withdrawal, did he blame President Donald Trump for making the deal with the Taliban in the first place to withdraw U.S. forces from the region by May 1. Let's talk about the deal that Trump made. Trump told those guys, we're going to pull out, but if you back out on the deal, we're going to kill your family. Yeah, he said, we know who you are. We know where you live. We know who your family are. We're going to do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and they believed him. Yeah, yeah, because he was willing to do it, but they don't believe Biden will do it, and no. they're showing that right now because they've taken over, and they're like, oh, we're the good Taliban. 
we're the ones who are going to bring peace to the Middle East. We're the kinder, gentler Taliban. Yeah, so, I mean, believe what you want about Donald Trump, but he was bringing peace to the Middle East, bringing peace to to uh, North Korea, you know, having talks with North Korea, and it seems like Biden's gone back to war. We're bombing Biden. Somalia, and then... Yeah, exactly. So we went from Af- Afghanistan to Somalia immediately, and we've got to do something to keep the military-industrial complex running so all these senators can keep padding their pockets with all these defense funds. It's just, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think that a lot of the reasons why they wanted Donald Trump out is because a lot of these people weren't getting paid anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there wasn't as much pork being passed through. A lot of these senators and congressmen, they have defense contractors in their in their region they're getting kickbacks. You can't tell me that they're not. Um, you can't tell me that somebody goes into a job, essentially a pauper, you know, not making a lot of money, goes into a job making about $150,000 a year, and in five, six, seven years, they're multimillionaires. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how that works. I wish I had a job like that. That would be crazy. Yeah. But I guess that's why you get into politics is to get rich. It's not to serve the people. Ter- term limits, that's where this applies, where you can't Absolutely. stay in long enough to learn how to make money. <laughs> I, think, I, I think term limits should apply to every elected position from dog catcher all the way up. I, I think there are people who truly get into politics for an altruistic reason. I think, you know, they really want to help. They really want to be a, a, of service. But... If you don't get into the corruption, you will not stay in office. You know, they'll get voted. They can't get anything done unless they bow down to just a little bit of corruption, just a little bit. Yeah. And then it becomes more, you know, and then they've got you. The only one that I think is, is like that is my boy, Dan Crenshaw. I like him a lot. Well, I mean, they all have their ups and downs, their goods and bads. I can't agree 100% with any of them, anybody, anywhere, at any time. Half the time, I don't agree with you, you know, but that's how it's going to be. <laughs> Neither does my wife, so don't feel like you're a lone ranger <laughs> on that one. But, you know, going back to Biden blaming Trump, it's it's like the Russia, Russia, Russia thing, and now it's Trump, 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 Trump. How... He's not even president anymore. How can they still blame him for stuff? Uh, I understand that that some of the things that he did in his presidency when he was president still carries over, but he executed the plan all wrong. I mean, he effed this one up to the max. Absolutely. Um, And I mean, world leaders all over the, all over the world are condemning Biden. They do not trust the United States anymore. You know, when Trump was president, people kept saying that, well, you know, the world hates us because of Trump. He's so mean. And he makes, he makes really nasty tweets. And, 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 you know, he's just not a nice guy. And world leaders, they don't respect him at all. Well, you know what? World leaders actually hate Joe Biden. They don't trust him. They don't trust the United States. This could have serious ramifications for things like NATO, for the UN, for, you know, a lot of the governmental, you know, intergovernmental agencies and embassies and ambassadors. And, you know, the list goes on and on 
this could have some serious ramifications for many years to come. Well, and let's not forget 13 troops, 13 Marines died in this in this uh, whole suicide bombing mm-hmm. this week. And then they said 50, 59 were injured mm-hmm. in the process. And this all the same week that it came out that the January 6th debacle, nobody actually died, even though they kept saying that some police officer got hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, which never happened. The guy had a stroke. Exactly. But, you know, having a stroke doesn't fit the narrative. Well, I've heard people say that are uh, Biden supporters that the guy had the stroke because of the event. And it's like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. But they'll do anything to blame Trump for everything bad that has happened to them, to the world, to everything else. And this gets back into that personal responsibility. You know, when are people going to take some responsibility for their own actions? And if their life sucks, that's their fault, not somebody else's. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, presidents leave a legacy of of their decisions that do carry over into the next administration. I've yet to see, other than saying it's Trump's fault, other than just saying that, I've yet to see any proof, any indication of how it could be Trump's fault. When there is ample evidence, you know, going the other way, like we were just talking about with the, the pullout in Afghanistan, Trump made conditions that the Taliban actually believed. Uh, Biden, you know, they don't believe him. They don't think he's strong enough. They think he's weak. Most people think he's weak. Uh, You know, the thing is, most people, and I talked about this last week, don't believe that Biden's even running the country. And I am definitely one of those people. I am too. Um, So that brings FBI investigation that was dropped that they said that they couldn't find ample evidence that any of this was planned. So now we're going to get into agent provocateurs. (laughs) (laughs) So this brings up the case of Gretchen Whitmer that was going to be kidnapped by... Q, Republicans, white supremacists. Well, turns out 12 of them were FBI informants. The conspiracy theory now is that this whole thing is being dropped because of the FBI informants in militia groups. Well, they didn't want to expose their people, so they dropped the investigation. Well, absolutely. It's a conspiracy theory that was no conspiracy. You know, the FBI cannot identify any actual conspirators for January 6th. Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping, half the people that of the ones that were not actual FBI informants or FBI agents, most of those people were anarchists. Anarchists fall in line with the policies of, you know, the, the, the left versus the policies of the right. Look at Antifa. They are all about the anarchy. Oh, I'm sorry. Antifa's just an idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. You know, I was at one of those rallies back in December. You know, we had, the, we had a lot of people who were Q 
carrying umbrellas who were, uh, I would say, uh, there were several that were agent provocateurs. Um, they were calling people in. Um, but, you know, it was just an idea. And then there were several that, that tried to start fights, which was, I don't understand, because it was like 20 guys on their side and thousands on ours. Um, you know, I saw them. I saw them. I heard them. I, I, I don't understand how it can be denied. But, you know, it's, it's whatever the people will believe. Well, and they'll believe anything that comes on the idiot tube, obviously. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how people won't do their own research. And once they've heard the headline, they're done. Everything's clickbait now. Absolutely. So you can get everything that you need from a headline and then you're done. People don't want to look into it any deeper. They'd rather spend all their time on TikTok looking at stupid videos and letting China get their information. Absolutely. TikTok is operated by Chinese intelligence. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's not, you know, some random idea. It's a known fact. Um, it's, it's a known fact. Who The government even admits it. It's not like, you know, one of these conspiratorial people on the Internet who brag about all kinds of things that just can't even happen. You know, this is, this is true actual government uh, information. All right, so you know, sticking on let's 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 stick with Biden for a minute and his administration. I think we're just stuck with him. <laughs> yeah, we are. Unfortunately, we are stuck with him at least for a little while. Uh, not not sure how long. Probably not till twenty twenty four. Until he has an accident, quote unquote, yeah. accident, or until he's standing in front of a press corps and wets himself. I don't know. Um, but last week I talked about how. There was a poll that said that most people don't believe that Biden is running the country. And, you know, while I do believe that, what I've seen, and a lot of people, a lot of other people have seen, is that a lot of Obama's staff and Clinton's staff are the ones that are actually running things. I mean, Susan Rice, um, you know, there's several of them. And I got a couple clips here um, of her name is, and I'm going to butcher this, Kahi Jim. Kahijim, but um, she was the... Easy for you to say. Yeah. She was the Assistant Secretary of Homeland Security under Obama. And she's being asked about, um, you know, the mandates for vaccines, and especially when it applies to flying. So, uh, Scott, could you run that first clip? There is a large group that says, I am an American with a valid ID. I have a credit yeah. card. I can afford a flight to Los Angeles to go see my family for the holidays. The government telling me what I have to do with my body before I can get on a flight that I can pay Hear for laugh. is big government. My body, my course. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 welcome to reality. The, the other times that you went on an airplane, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you're giving up your name, your number. I mean, you're giving up your, your birth date. You're having x-rays go through your system. You can't drink your water. You can't smoke if, you, if you're still doing that. Uh, the government sets all sorts of regulations for safety and security. We already live in that world, and this is just an additional requirement. Think of what the government can do is simply setting the floor for appropriate conduct. You can do whatever you want. You can not get the vaccine. You can choose to go over the speed limit. Uh, but there will be consequences for that. 
and putting a requirement for vaccination for the privilege, because that's what it is, of flying or getting from point A to point B, is consistent with all sorts of other safety floors that the federal government has done across uh, almost every aspect of your life. Well, first off, she says privilege. It's not a privilege if I'm paying for it. If I'm paying for it, it is not a privilege. A privilege is a right. You know, I don't get the privilege of doing something that I got to pay for. You know, flying is not a privilege. Uh, and then she, she compares it to you can drive over the speed limit, you know, and hope you don't get caught. Well, that's breaking the law. Well, and, and what they're going off is the CDC guidelines, which are not laws. No, absolutely not. They're guidelines. They're suggestions. Yeah. It's crazy how they'll step on other people's liberties and, you know, we, we get into this punitive punishment. That's going to be my new word, punitive punishment. Punitive punishment. I like it. Yeah. So if you don't do what we think you should do, you're going to pay for it financially or in some other way. It's, it's ridiculous that they're trying to modify your behavior. And it's behavior modification Absolutely. is all it is. It's social engineering at you'll, its best. You'll do what we say you'll do or you won't get your treat. It goes back to what we were talking about last week with a government that can give you everything can also take everything away. It's the stick with no carrot. Well, you just can't punish people before they revolt. If you go down this line and keep doing this, trying to oppress people, yeah, there'll be a certain amount that will follow. They're rule followers. Oh, yeah. And I, I hear that term more often than not now. I'm a rule follower. It's like, hmm, that's not what America was built on. It wasn't built on following rules. The German people were following rules, and they followed rules and followed rules and followed rules, and then they, then one day they woke up and they were like, oh, what have we done? Absolutely. And it started with, well, people hate when I bring this up, but it started with a movement called German Lives Matter. Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, and you can look it up. It's, it's, it's all documented fact. But we'll get into that on another occasion. Um, I got another clip from, from this uh, Ms. Kahijim. Again, I'm probably butchering her name, and I really don't care. But... Anyway, um, you know, where the same woman is, is asking another question, and it's about vaccine passports. And this one really got my goat. Do you have your papers? And I gather you'd make that same argument to someone who says, I don't want to have to carry a vaccine passport, for example. It's my personal medical history. I think there's this notion of freedom that has animated the unvaccinated. Notion. The defense of the unvaccinated. And so I want to be clear here. People are still free to say no. This is not someone grabbing you on the corner and sticking a needle in your arm. Yet. You can still have those freedoms that people are talking about. But the unvaccinated now must know there is a cost, a cost that can't just be borne by the vaccinated. And maybe it's good that I'm not a doctor, right? I mean, in the sense that you know, we've been God. hearing for, for months and months, you know, follow the science, follow the science. And I get that. And I, I follow the science. But Bullshit. You know, at some stage, we just have to look at it and go, look, we're sort of done with pretty please and people's feelings and how they feel about freedom and how they feel about liberty. You know, the vaccinated have feelings, too. 
how they feel about freedom, how they feel about liberty. Well, I'm glad she told us we can have our freedoms. I'm glad she told us that because I did. I really didn't know we could have our freedoms. I'm glad she told us. Well, you know, I'm not sure. I think I remember one time reading something about inalienable rights. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like she believes that's true. Absolutely not. She's See, she believes that rights are given by the government. Not that we were born with them. Just because we are human, we have certain rights. Um, she believes that, you know, those are given to us by the government and they can be taken away. Because they're how we feel about freedom, how we feel about liberty. You know, there, go, there goes that word again, feel. You know, I have a lot of feelings about a lot of things. Those don't make them facts. Well, yeah, feelings aren't facts, and we'll go back to that because that's a running theme of this podcast. Uh, how you feel about something doesn't affect anything. A friend of mine's wife was uh, was at a party one time, and we were sitting there talking about massage therapy, and I said, well, one of the biggest hoaxes that I see in massage therapy is when they start working on your chakras and your your energy doing energy work. And, and I told her, I said, I said, that's just a massage therapist taking a break. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> They're just taking a break because their hands are tired. And she said, well, it doesn't work if you don't believe in it. And I said, but aspirin does, you know, how you feel about things aren't reality and feelings aren't facts. They don't materialize. This is not the secret. You, you don't just uh, envision it and it appears. I still don't have a Ferrari in my in my driveway because I envisioned it. This idea of fantasy land where you can be anything, you, anything you want to be. Granted, the American dream is you can achieve a lot, but it doesn't mean you can be a unicorn. No, but it, it requires dedication and work and effort to become pretty much anything you want. You know, it's not going to just fall in my lap. Well, since we're talking about COVID, I'm going to move on to Delta American. It's funny that Delta's doing this. (laughs) Delta, Delta variant. Delta's going to start charging unvaccinated employees $200 a month for higher health costs which they have no evidence of just because they're not vaccinated so this is that punitive punishment we're talking about that i can see this spreading throughout all corporations to get you vaxxed they want you vaxxed why do they want you vaxxed because the pcr test could not tell the difference between the common cold the flu and coronavirus or COVID-19 couldn't tell the difference. It all came up positive regardless. And so the CDC has stopped using that and they're going to come up with another test that will be able to tell the difference between the different types of sicknesses. And at that point, they're going to find out maybe COVID-19 wasn't that bad. And why did we get all these shots? Well, Biden came out uh, last week and and he said that uh, all companies and institutions should mandate their employees or students to get the vaccine. Since when does the government tell a private company 
what it can and cannot do. Outside of, of standard regulations, which most of them need to be go need to go away anyway, but you know, outside of that, when does the government come in and tell a private corporation what it's supposed to do? Well, they're testing their limits again. This is this is what we're talking about. Is uh, the populace is primed and ready to be controlled, and they're they're doing a pretty good job of it. I, I got to say, at least fifty percent of the population is willing to do whatever the government says, and it's this. Uh, I hate to use an old word, but nanny state. You know, please take Absolutely. care of me. Put up some guardrails so I can't hurt myself. It can't be a personal choice. It's because the government did or did not tell me what to do. I need well, guidance. The government believes it is smarter than its people. And it knows better. And it can, it can tell you what to do because you don't know better. And the problem is most of the population is proving that point. And what's happening with a lot of these corporations who are mandating vaccines and, and whatever else is that the board members or the higher-ups somewhere are allowing this to happen, thinking that, you know, it's going to help their business because, you know, more of the population is going to, you know, purchase from them, uh, acquire their services, whatever the case may be, thinking that, and then these same people go home and go, I don't care what we just did, I'm not getting a vaccine. Well, that's true, and and that gets back into like CRT and ESG. You know those Absolutely. those subjects we talked about on the last podcast. When they start going woke, they're going to go broke, and and that's that's all there is to it. You know they really tried to uh, cancel the My Pillow guy, and it seems like he's doing better than ever. Oh yeah, his his sales went through the roof. These these companies they're they're gonna they're gonna learn. Um, I've I heard a report last week that Bank of America because of their CRT, and I'm an old old IT guy, so CRT is a cathode ray yeah, tube. But exactly. uh, uh, we're, we're talking about critical race theory on this one. Um, the their people have been leaving in droves. That would be Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Because of uh, the CRT training, that you're inherently racist and that you have to list this stuff down. And another report was leaked this week that Verizon's doing the exact same thing. That doesn't surprise me with Verizon. Um, they've always been kind of a funky company anyway. I used to deal with them when I was in IT and in, in telecom industry. What it boils down to is this critical race theory says that if you were born white... You were born racist. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is try to atone for the fact that you are a racist. Doesn't matter what you think, what you feel, how you act, what you do. And if you, even if you marry somebody of a different race, that does not negate it. A lot of it comes from this book by Robin D'Angelo called White Guilt, where she pretty much tells a story of she realizes that she is a racist just because she's white. And now this has propagated all around. And then there's the 1619 Project, which says the Americas were founded on racism. They were founded for the sole purpose of slavery. Sorry, not racism, but slavery. You know, the, the Nicole Jones, who started the 1619 Project, which is a, a New York Times thing, 
um, has come out and said, okay, yeah, maybe I was wrong, but you know, my beliefs still matter. Well, not if they're wrong. Well, this all goes back to money. This is all money. Absolutely. People, people are fooling themselves that they think they're doing the right thing by believing in this stuff. This is all about money. It always is about money. The main motivator. This is why people don't mind their own business is it's all about money. Now, we, we look at all the working Joes, like me. I'm a working Joe, and uh, I get into this situation. Critical race theory rolls into my work campus, and I'm sitting there looking. If I'm going to retire, I've got to keep this stupid job, no matter what they say. So I've got to sit in a conference room and say, yeah, I'm, I'm racist, white male, and and uh, I'm bad, and blah, blah, blah. And then I go home all mad because I had to do this because if I don't admit to it, I could lose my job or not get a promotion or not get a bonus, um, and, and that messes up my retirement, you know, which – the government's not going to take care of me. Inflation is through the roof. Your buying power is is way down. And, you know, uh, if you look at the housing market. Look at cars. Anything that you buy now, the prices have doubled from ten years ago. You at buy least. you buy a uh, truck now. A truck used to cost you forty thousand dollars. Now it costs you eighty thousand dollars for a really nice one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh. uh you get into this, your buying power's down. Uh, they're trying to control you with the money, which is, I believe, the plan. Control you with your money. Like we said before, is you can murder somebody and get less time than if you steal money. Absolutely. And, you know, this leads to the, the Great Reset, uh, which, you know, we'll go into in depth uh, at a later date. We just don't have time to do it right now. I want to make sure I am... 100% certain on all my facts before I really get into that. But that's essentially you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Well, I don't care about my facts because I'm an idiot. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, Governor DeSantis. He's offering monoclonal um, antibodies that were already purchased by Trump, and they're saying he's trying to drive up the stock prices by producing these clinics down in Florida to treat people instead of having them vaccinated. If they get sick, then he will treat them for free with monoclonal antibodies that we already purchased that are sitting in every hospital now. The government's already purchased the entire stock of monoclonal antibodies. It's out there as a treatment, COVID-19, and for anything else, for that matter, for the cold, for the flu, whatever you got, vilifying him for this because he's a potential presidential candidate in 2024. They just hate him, you know? It's, it's really what it comes down to. He's a potential presidential candidate. Um, he's a Republican. So they hate him, period. He's not, he's not falling in lockstep with, you know, the federal government right now. Uh, him, Abbott, you know, they hate these guys. With, and most of them have no idea why. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't get it. 
Well, I, th- I think you're on to something. I think they hate him because he's not lockstep, because he doesn't, he doesn't go in agreement with whatever the government's mandates are. He's not a get-along-go-along type of guy, and he's actually thinking for himself, and he's saying, we're not going to lock down and destroy our economy. We're going to keep everything moving along. So there were no lockdowns in Florida, and they did just fine. They didn't have a problem with it. Well, that Florida and Texas both have, you know, pretty high populations. So, you know, there are a lot of electoral votes there. Whereas, like, South Dakota, which doesn't have a lot of electoral votes, and Chrissy Nome, who is the governor there, they're not going after her so much, but, you know, she doesn't have as much of an impact on federal elections. And she's done the same thing. They haven't locked down anything. No mandates on anything. Um, actually, they're pretty much a freer society than any other state in the union right now. Well, my home state of Texas, the great state of Texas, which happens to be, uh, we consider the greatest country in the world. (laughs) (laughs) We're able to do stuff because we still have that American spirit. We still have that. You're not going to tell me what to do because we're free. People have lost that. They've been controlled for so long by the government. They've really given up their rights as time has gone along. And they'll take whatever you give them, but you've got to give it up freely. And that's what we were talking about with those two clips we played, is you're giving up your freedoms freely. If you want want the carrot, you got to give us something. The the trade-off they're making is, is they get a little more control and you lose a little more of your freedoms. This DeSantis thing is good because I think that people who believe in liberty and freedom are going to pay attention to this and and look and say we don't have to take this. Why are we why are we doing this? Unfortunately, they don't have much of a voice and that's why we do this podcast because we don't feel like we have much of a voice in the world, at least not a loud one. So we can spew off our crap all day long. (laughs) (laughs) The federal government is telling people to defund local politicians for noncompliance and no masks in schools. A friend of mine, who shall remain nameless, his daughter had her first week of school last week. She was the only one in the class that wore a mask, and somebody came in with COVID-19, and she got sick with a mask and her mom is really overprotective about her the dad not so much but um the the mother's really overprotective and made her wear a mask to school and and has her kind of kind of scared about this whole thing and she's the one who got it well the thing is masks don't stop you from getting covid they never have it was never even been mentioned by the scientific consensus uh, that they will stop you from getting COVID. It has been said that it will stop you from transmitting COVID if you have it, which it doesn't. Even limit it? Nah, not really. It's like pointing a garden hose at a, at a chain link fence. Uh, the, the molecules are so small that the fabric, especially if it's a cloth uh, mask that you bought from somewhere 
or made yourself, whatever, that does absolutely nothing. The paper surgical masks that a lot of people wear, the blue ones, uh, those ones barely do anything. Uh, on the on the hierarchy of what works as far as respiration and so forth, these masks do absolutely nothing when it comes to a virus. Yeah, about the only thing that you can do is get a full-on respirator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with filters in it and everything like that. Um, and surgical masks, they're only used so you don't spit into a body cavity while you're working on somebody in surgery. Fauci came out with Delta Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Delta Plus. Does that mean I get a free upgraded Delta? Yeah, yeah, you get a free upgraded Delta. I guess he's trying to stay relevant, and he's got this Delta Plus, and he says that it's uh, uh, able to hang around a little longer. I think these people will say anything to keep the attention on them right now. Um, maybe Fauci needs to sell a book or something like that. People still forget the Holocaust he had during the 80s with AZT and AIDS <laughs> and how many people were killed over that. I mean, uh, Fauci equals Mangala in my book, but uh, the experimentation that this man does on people is, is incredible. You know what? I'm going to make a prediction. COVID rates are going to drop significantly. I mean, just the bottom's going to fall out. The rates are going to drop significantly. Next spring. Next spring? I think it's probably March. I think it's going to happen once they come out with these new tests, but they're, they're going to start seeing the real data instead of, instead of this phony data that they've been putting out with the PCR tests where they've been, they're only supposed to spin them up to 26 and they're spinning them up to 40. I mean, you can grow a fetus if you spend yeah. anything long enough. <laughs> uh, even the inventor of the PCR tests said, uh, that well, it's, it's not accurate. Here's my prediction. By next spring, I'm going I'm to say probably March, somewhere in there, COVID rates are going to drop significantly. And then Biden's going to drop out of office or be taken out of office. 25th uh, Amendment. Yep, exactly. One or the other. Or he's going to get sick or he's going to have an accident or, you know, go by the way of a lot of Clinton friends. And then... Kamala's going to take over. Once that happens, they're going to talk about how great the Democrats have done at the federal level by eliminating COVID and thinking that's going to carry them through. That's my prediction. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a lot of good news. (laughs) On Express Elevator to Hell, going down. (laughs) Yes, we are. Well, let's move on to tech news. So the first thing I've got here is uh, Starlink hits over 100,000. Dishy McFlatface. <laughs> Bezos is pissed because he's trying to do his own, but he's a little slow to the slow to the game, and everybody hates Bezos anyway. He's a whiner. Uh, and his rockets look like dicks. I don't know if you saw and, that and, launch that he did. Yeah. But thing looked like a penis. <laughs> you think that was by accident? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think back to uh, Austin Powers when they're looking at the radar screen. Yeah. It looks like a big. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Obezos is falling behind. He's falling behind on Blue Origin. He's also falling behind on his 
on his satellite internet. Elon's just crushing it because he's not playing politics. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And I really admire the guy because he doesn't care. He only cares about the science, whatever he's driven to do. And he doesn't care what anybody has to say about it. He, uh, Bezos is whining about the moon, moon program going to Starlink or um, SpaceX. And I don't know. It's just like two billionaires duking it out. Although it seems like Elon's just like whatever, whatever Dr. Evil. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's admit it, Bezos looks like Dr. Evil. And he went to space, barely, and came back down. I watched the whole thing on, on live stream. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a waste of my time. I'll never get that time back. <laughs> but uh, his eye didn't f- get fixed when he went into space, so he still got that oh. one weird eye. But, uh, uh, yeah, I guess. You know, it, I, it's funny. Be- Bezos, whatever. Um you know, we I, I brought up the Great Reset a little bit ago. He's more playing politics and getting into that than he is anything else. He wants to be everything for everybody. Started with a little bookstore that he sold online books uh, out of his parents' garage and has done quite well for himself. And for that, I do not fault him. You know, wonderful. That's the American dream right there. Awesome. But what he's doing now... With, with the lockdowns and COVID and everything else, a lot of mom and pop stores have went out of business. And a lot of them today are still struggling. And a lot of it now is because people won't come back to work because they're getting all this extra unemployment and they, don't, they can't get evicted from their homes and, and you know, just a lot, of, a lot of different things. What Amazon is doing is uh, opening brick and mortar stores. So not only... You know, are these mom and pop shops failing? Amazon is going to come in and open brick and mortar stores. They're taking over some malls that are that have went under. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff went under during the the whole lockdown scenario, situation, whatever you call, want to call it. And now Amazon's coming in and taking it over. And so now we're going to end up with a one stop shop for just about everything. Well, and let's not forget how they're going to check out too. So you're not you're not even going to be able to go and check out. It's going to read your palm. I think that was the first one that they came out with. That it reads your palm, and then you walk through the store, you pick everything up, and it scans it on the way out. Wow, mass information gathering there. Just a little bit. Uh, demographics. What? And let's let's just think about you know how that information is going to be used and who it can be sold to, because we know that all of the information that these companies get, that becomes their information. It's not your information. I mean, take 23 and me. Once you send in your DNA, it's theirs to do with whatever they want. So if they want to sell it to the insurance companies for pre-existing conditions and they say, well, you're, you're prone to cancer. So we're going to charge you more or we're just not going to insure you. Um, these are the things that, that people don't think about when they're doing this, when they're, when they're putting in, oh, I just want to find out who my ancestors are. When you sign that terms of service, you're signing over your DNA. You're signing over everything. 
And how many people have been uh, caught? Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Serial killers are caught and things like that. But if the government wants to set you up and they have your DNA, who's to say they won't do it? Government has done uh, a, a lot more with a lot less. It's not unheard of for a government to set somebody up as a fall guy or fall girl, whatever. Yeah, don't want to be a patsy on that one. But getting back to this Starlink shipping 100,000 already, this is a great thing. This is something the government couldn't do. They've tried this rural area internet thing and failed since Obama. So we're going on 12 years of failure on this whole thing. Now Elon's offering it to where you can even later this year, you'll be able to basically mount it on your vehicle, even though that's illegal. Somebody got busted for that and travel around the country and get internet all the time, which opens up. Yeah. High speed internet too. Um, So as long as you can see the sky, this opens up a lot for a lot of people for information to get the information that they need that they would normally get off TV and things like that. Uh, my father, he lives in a remote area in Texas, and he's only able to get 768 over Wi-Fi um, through a uh, Wi-Fi provider, and that's it. That's all he's able to get in his area. Now, if you open that up now to where he can start getting streaming TV and and phone and everything over a satellite connection, he can do that from anywhere. This world becomes a whole lot more educated and a whole lot more knowledgeable about what's out there in the world. I mean, I just see it as a, as a good thing. I see... Um, I'm a big supporter of the of the Starlink initiative and have already signed up for it. Even though I have high-speed internet at my house, uh, I've signed up for it just to support it because I believe in it. I'm going to have a look more into the Starlink. Um, I know people who have had HughesNet, and it was horrible. Yeah, it's not the same thing. It's uh, low latency, so the most you'll get is 60 milliseconds. Uh, we looked into HughesNet. We didn't have internet uh, out where out at the bunker for nine years and and I'm an IT guy so it was very frustrating and I had to deal with 3g at the time because there were no 4g towers in the area so we had to use a 3g uh, modem to even get a signal out here and then we had overage costs every month uh, mrs conspiracy theory she she works for an organization that requires VPN all the time she works from home. And I was constantly, constantly tweaking that thing to get it to work so she would have VPN. So we looked into HughesNet, we looked at the satellite providers, and they wouldn't. the latency was in the 200s. We couldn't support VPN at all, or we would have done it. But this is 30 to 60 milliseconds, and right now they're, they're at 100 megabits and growing as they get higher density. Wow. And it's all going to be unlimited. The opportunity here to have the whole world connected all the time and have all the modern conveniences, 
what this does for us is these metropolitan areas, because let's face it, a lot of people move into metropolitan areas for convenience. And mm-hmm. one of those conveniences is connectivity. The internet has basically become a utility. People can't yeah. live without it anymore. If they do, <laughs> I don't see how they, how they do it. But uh, back in the 90s, guys like you and me, people be like, oh, he's talking about that WWW thing. <laughs> and I've had people say those exact words to me. But now everybody has a cell phone that has internet connectivity. And the first thing they say is, let me Google that. And they go on Google, find out whatever they need, and we've become a far more informed society because of it. When we get those people out there that can live wherever they want, wherever they choose, these metropolitan areas that are basically crumbling because of overtaxation, they're not getting the services for their money. And I, I believe if I if I'm paying a I will pay the tax if I'm getting the service, but if I'm not getting the service, why am I paying the tax? One of the things was, uh, I think in your area, Rock Hill school systems, they use the school system's money for the Panthers, which is the football team in North Carolina, for them to have their practice facility down there. Talk about a misappropriation of funds. That's supposed to go, people paid for schools. And Rock Hill, they need better schools. <laughs> yeah, Rock Hill does absolutely need better schools. Um, most places do. Now, unfortunately, I don't live there. But, um, yeah, they're, not only are schools in trouble, but the misappropriation of funds, isn't that what, well, uh, democratic government does? Well, yeah, and, and I mean, look, look at Social Security. It's a, it's yeah, a big, that's exactly what a, I was going to point to: is it's Social a great Security big bank. You know that you open up the door and it's full of IOUs. Oh, we're just going to borrow this for something. We're going to borrow a little bit more. Borrow a little bit more. It's kind of like our freedoms. You know, like we were talking about a little bit ago with uh, ch- the chipping away of them. That's been going on so long that now, when they just chip away a little. It's stuff that really hurts. Well, how how long is it before they put out something like suspension of freedoms? I can see that that phrase getting thrown around a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna. Um, I'm gonna talk about that next week. I have uh, I have something uh, planned for next week that I want to talk about. All right. Um, but back to the Starlink and and the crumbling infrastructure of metropolitan areas. If you can live and move wherever you want, and then if if you like an area that that has like-minded people you can move there and you won't be indoctrinated of course you'll probably be racist but (laughs) who who isn't but yeah the the being able to go wherever you want that's what this country was was founded on you don't like this state move somewhere else you know that's where we get state states rights if you like an area go move there if you don't like an area move out of it Absolutely. But if you move out of it and move to someplace like Texas, don't California up Texas. Leave uh-huh. your all the crap you didn't like. Leave it where you came from. Yeah, go to Austin anytime. It, that place is is turning into San Francisco. You know, it's it. It used to be an awesome little uh, city. Now it's the homeless and 
it's horrible to see. It's sad. Well, moving on for tech news, uh, I don't know if I feel good or bad about this. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to hear about this one. So scientists create 3D printed Wagyu beef, and it looks like the real deal. Osaka University researchers use stem cells isolated from Wagyu cows to create steaks. 3D printed steaks. Now, the plus side you know, I think back to uh, Star Trek The Next Generation having the replicators where you just reorganize molecules and then you end up with whatever you want. You know, sounds sounds good on paper. Uh, yuck. <laughs> well, it would cause a lot less cow farts. I guess so. 3D printed steaks? That sounds disgusting. How do you get the plastic taste out? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine loading a 3D. And I have, I'm looking at three 3D printers right now. And, and I just can't imagine feeding organic material into these things in jugs and having them print a steak. Ugh, that just sounds disgusting. I sure as hell don't want to see the organic material that you load into it. Well, one of the things that, that, of course, my mind went way somewhere else is, you know, printing body parts. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool if you could print a new human heart or if you could print new digits. You know, you had your fingers cut off at a factory or something like that. You know, I could see a lot of positive use for stuff like that. Even even in the future, you know, printing out a whole replacement body. I know organs. I know they're working on on. Uh, 3d printing of organs yeah yeah that's that's some cool stuff you know if you can some poor guy in in afghanistan gets his legs blown off and you can print him some new legs i mean that would be so awesome to do stuff like that food not so sure (laughs) all i can all i can think is soylent green yeah yeah they're people (laughs) soylent green is people let's recycle some folks here yeah (laughs) We'll just print them out as Wagyu steaks. Well, you have uh, any more tech news? And now it's time for UFO report, or whatever we're going to call this from now on. <laughs> So this is UFO news for this week. Didn't have much out there this week, but the one thing that I did have is uh, senators continue government-led research into strange UFO sightings. Like, they aren't strange anyway? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking any UFO sighting would be strange. If I saw one, it would be strange. Yeah, so uh, provisions are included in the Intelligence Authorization Act of Physical 2022, which the Senate Committee on Intelligence recently passed by a unanimous bipartisan vote. That doesn't happen very often. No. Would direct members of the intelligence community to further explore unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAPs, is that what they're calling them now? Yeah, that's... UFO, yeah. Yeah, the modern term for they, UFO. they, they got to yeah. change the names. You know, extraterrestrials are no longer extraterrestrials. They're 
EBE. Um, Undocumented aliens. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a drug dealer's uh, un, uh, unlicensed pharmacist. Exactly. <laughs> Let's not call him a criminal because that's racist. Oh, no. Can't do that. So the work would build on the efforts of the Defense Department's UAP Task Force, a group formed to study unexplained happenings in the sky registered by military members or censors. Those involved produced preliminary assessment of such occurrences for USIC and other government leaders earlier this year. Well, that must be the agency that took over for uh, ATIP when it got shut down the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Yeah. We, I mean, we've been, the government has been studying UFOs since uh, the 40s, or maybe before, I don't know. I know since the 40s, they just keep changing the name of the program, you know, starting with Blue Book and going on until uh, ATIP was found out when, now this is, this is common with presidents when they leave office, they declassify a lot of things. Whether it was a mistake or done on purpose, I don't know. Um, Obama declassified it in, uh, right at the end of his term in 2017, declassified a lot of information, and a lot of it had to do with ATIP and UFOs. Now, there are a couple of reasons that presidents do this. One, they declassify a lot of stuff so that you can see that they actually did things. And also... They declassify things to give the incoming presidency some stuff for the, the public to create a backlash. And I don't know if this was, if the UFO stuff was declassified as a mistake or if it was done on purpose, hoping to inundate Trump with, you know, whatever, you know, happens. I remember seeing a report in right afterwards. I mean, there were, it was in the New York Times and Washington Post, you know, about UFOs and being sighted by naval, Navy planes, naval destroyers, aircraft carriers, and, you know, our military actually seeing this stuff and having video footage. And some of this stuff has been seen on TV now. Yeah, the Tic Tac videos are very interesting, and the fact that they were even released are, are amazing. And there's there's been a controversy around that. Some people are saying that, that that's a new government program to kind of ghost vehicles so that we can use those against our enemies so they think that they're being attacked on one side where we can come to another. I don't I don't think that we're that advanced to do that. I think that uh and I'm a nut, but uh I think I think we're being visited, but they don't they don't feel the need to to communicate with us because they look at us like we look at ants. Exactly. So we'll walk by an anthill and go, mm, ants, and then keep walking, you know, because we don't feel like having a conversation with an ant. Right. Well, we're, we're essentially their version of the Neanderthal. Yeah, yeah, some more than others. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few of those. So do I. Slopeheads. Yeah, yeah. When we start getting into, you know, being being visited and being studied. I think we're being studied all the time and all the sightings around nuclear sites, missile sites and power plants is a good indicator that they're just seeing where we are, seeing what we're doing and maybe assessing threats could be. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, I've always been, I'm still up in the air on some of it. Now, I fully believe there is intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. Absolutely. Be stupid not to think that. Whether they've actually visited us, I don't know. I'm still, you know, I'm a 50-50 guy. Probably, well, probably 60-40 on leaning towards they have visited or they do visit. Um, the universe is really, really big. And, you know, they would have to find us. But then again, who knows? Their civilization could be millions, even if not billions of years older than ours. Well, I think it's funny that every time somebody's visited that they end up getting an anal probe and they live in a trailer park and it's like, it was like no other sound that I heard before and my butt hurt. And it was probably just your uncle with the big hands and you're just trying to make an excuse about it. But yeah, I think, I think we're being studied like a Petri dish. Um, I don't think the government has the ability as chaos, as much chaos as the government has now. I don't think they can keep a lid on it, especially with the internet and the theories that are going around about captured UFOs and some of the information that that's come out with Lou Elizondo and some other folks about these programs. And then the video evidence that we have, you know, that stuff was released on TV and people are like, Oh, well, I know it's like people, it's like they watched it and then didn't believe what they watched. Yeah. Or yeah. didn't care. I, I don't know. There's, there's so many people now that have seen this. Um, these, these are, this is video footage from F-18 Hornets uh, that naval pilots are flying. And they're showing something that's absolutely impossible for anything we could do with our current technology. Yeah, this is not Zeke in the trailer park somewhere. These no. are highly trained professionals. And they have to identify targets from far away to make sure that they don't kill civilians. Exactly. So they train, the, it takes millions of dollars to train these folks, and they're highly trained professionals at what they do, and they're identifying these things. And they're saying, we don't know what they are, and they don't move like anything else that, that we have. And the theory is, is that these are gravity drives. Mm-hmm. And which makes a lot of sense that they create their own gravity well and, and can propel themselves without any type of, of exhaust or anything like that. Gravity exists throughout the universe and gravity mm-hmm. and time are closely tied together. I'm going to stop right there <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> before we get down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I was because uh, I'm thinking, you know, the, the interplanetary travel is probably done through a condensing of space time, the fabric of space time. But, yeah, we're going to get pretty deep in the weeds here. Yeah, um, so we're going to stop right there because uh, I know I'm an idiot. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but a tip was, was, uh, the big one on this. Lou Elizondo came out with mm-hmm. that and then he's done, he's done several shows, which some of them I've been impressed with some of them, not so much. I tried to watch their, uh, UFO live series and I didn't ugh, see that, one. that was hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that stuff. And, and, but going back to, the video that was released, I think if you had a star destroyer appear in the sky out of hyperspace, people look up and go, 
huh, that's strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it just disappeared, they'd be like, oh, well, uh, what's on TikTok? Yeah, let me go get my COVID shot. So anyway, um, but I, I find that interesting that the government's putting a little more money into it, and I hope that's what they're putting the money into, and it's not some kind of black project that they're looking to funnel money into. I hope that they're really actually trying to trying to figure this out. It's probably a little bit of both. It, most things usually are. Well, I think I only have one more subject to talk about, and I heard this on a another podcast i thought it was kind of interesting because it could really if it comes true man you want to talk about all the havoc that would be wreaked so we'll kind of go down this rabbit hole a little bit okay hold on let me do the uh, conspiracy theory again oh fun So the theory that I heard, and this is not mine, and I don't know what to believe about it, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Okay. Internet blackout. Entire internet blackout. Now, the rumor is is the internet blackout will happen. Election fraud is revealed in Arizona. So what they're afraid of is that this will start catching fire and they'll start doing forensic audits on all of the states for the 2020 election. Okay. And the distraction will be the internet blackout. Now, I just want to talk about the blackout part. I don't really want to talk about the rest of that, but uh, let's talk about what will happen if the internet blacks out. I, I don't, okay. The coordination that would have to take place or an actual internet blackout would be almost impossible. I mean, yeah. If you shut down the, I mean, if you shut down the backbone, and I'm not sure who owns that anymore. It used to be MCI. Um, You've got a bunch of a uh, uh, bunch of companies. Uh, Level three communications yeah, level has three. has a big portion right. of it. Spectrum has a big portion of it. AOL used to have a big portion of it. I don't know if they do anymore. I know AT&T does, and Verizon Fios in the Northeast has, has a big chunk of that from from what I remember. Well, that's where that's where um, the Starlink comes in handy. Yeah, they're, they're in bed with Google, so I don't know. Um, but uh, this, what would happen? Well, let's, let's talk about that part. It would be, in my opinion, as bad as loss of power. People would lose their minds yeah. if their oh, internet yeah, went out. If their internet, if, if internet went out widespread, even in a one city, it would uh, a lot of, a, a lot of the social fabric would collapse real pretty quickly. Well, let's look at it people, this way: people would get so upset. I would there would be riots in the street. Well, we. I work for a medium-sized company, and every time the internet goes down, everybody's like, I don't know what to do, even though all of our applications are housed in a central location, and they can still reach our applications. If the internet goes out, they don't know what to do, and they start heading for the water cooler. I don't know what to do. And it's going to be the same thing everywhere else. At least for 12 12 to 24 hours, people are going to go, it's like when the power goes out and you keep flipping right. the light switch going, oh, yeah, that's right, the power's out. 
People are going to lose streaming. They're not going to be able to look at TikTok. Their Facebook's oh going to no. be gone. Instagram, you know, no what, more cat videos. No more cat videos. No, yeah. People would have to actually go outside and talk to other people. But they're not. They're not conditioned that way anymore. I've been in technology for a long time, and I make a conscious effort to get away from technology as much as possible. And I go camping, I go outside, I mm-hmm. do things outside, you know, whatever it is that can get me as far away from technology and far away from phones. As a matter of fact, I'll probably become a Luddite when I, when I decide to retire. <laughs> and both you and I are in highly, highly technical fields. So we're not, we're not geeks on call. We're, we're, we're doing real infrastructure work and, and backbone work and things like that. Anything that I can do to get away from this, but that is not the rest of the population. They are so dependent on their phones. I mean, think about this. When you were a kid, when you were a kid, you had to call somebody a day before if you wanted to go do something. You had to make plans. Now, if somebody calls you in five minutes, hey, man, I'm going to run by your house. Yeah, that did not happen. Um, First off, when I was a kid, you know, if you called somebody nine times out of ten, nobody would be home. And if nobody was home, you hung up. You know, you'd let it ring 10 times, and then you'd hang the phone up. Because we didn't have answering machines. There was no voicemail. There was nothing. If somebody answered the phone, you would make plans for the next day or that weekend or, or something. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, you were talking about unplugging and, and, and all that. I, I try to do that as much as I can. The less technical a person is the more they depend on their connection to the internet is what i've found well one of the things that really irritates me is is this expectation of instant communication between people i mean is i'm gonna get up on my soapbox on this one Mm -hmm. i had a situation at at my at my job where i was driving in between sites and when I got there, people were mad at me. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, well, the internet's down and we emailed you and you didn't respond. One, I'm driving. Two, you just said the cause of the problem. The internet was down. So if you emailed me, it wasn't going to get to me. And I said, <laughs> I said to, to the, to the managers, why didn't you call me? And they, they kind of look perplexed of me even saying that. People because don't make phone calls. I explained to them, if the internet's down, email doesn't work. And they kind of had this blank look on their face like, uh. And then I'll get an email from people, and I don't text. I am not a texture. I think it's it's a complete waste of my time. Don't respond to them. Don't look at them. And somebody's like, I texted you five times. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't deserve a response. I don't communicate through text. If you want to get a... I will for a short statement, but not a conversation. Yeah, not... If if you got a paragraph too long, didn't read. Just, I don't have time. Call me. Call me. Let's have a conversation. Let's not do this over... Because so much can't be inferred 
over a text. That's what you can't you can't tell tell inflection. That's where people's communication mm-hmm. skills are breaking down, and people get so offended over things is they they can't hear inflection. They don't know when people are joking or when people are 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 happy or sad. You know, it's um, uh, talking to my friends. If if one of my friends is down, I can hear it in their voice, but yeah. over text, I can't hear that. I can't. Yeah. We're losing our communication skills. Is what it's coming down to. And plus, uh, it's such a chicken shit way to, to communicate because you can, you can say, you can kind of say stuff and let them infer what it is. And it's, it's really chicken shit. Um, anyway, this, this internet blackout thing, I think people will lose their damn minds. They will lose their minds. They'll lose their streaming. They'll lose their phone communications. I mean, they'll be able to talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. Text won't work. Email won't work. They won't be able to look something up on Google. They won't have their TikTok. Oh, my God. All the stuff I have on my cloud. Oh, their <laughs> cloud. Somebody else's computer. You're renting a computer. Mm-hmm. This is such a millennial way to go. It, it has become... A utility is something as important in our everyday lives now as power, water, telephone, anything like that. So I think there'll be a, if that does happen, there will be a major disruption. People will lose their minds. It's going to be the end of the world. Cats and dogs living together. (laughs) Complete chaos. (laughs) I think, you know, Thinking about it, I, I think there are people who would rather lose their electricity for a day than lose their internet for their day for a day. Because people can go in their cars, charge charge up their phone, and get on the internet. Well, I I have solar panels and generators and all that stuff because well, you know, I'm planning for the end of the world anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> if the internet goes down and there's there's an internet blackout. I'm not going to sweat it too much. I'm probably going to get a whole, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm probably going to work less. I'll probably get a break for a little while. (laughs) Be kind of nice. I welcome it. (laughs) So please, please let the internet go out for a day. That'd be great. Maybe Uh, some people would gain some perspective on, on what's really important in their lives. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've carried a cell phone, uh, for working, you know, not just a personal cell phone, but I've carried a cell phone since the late nineties. Nokia. Yeah, before the, the push, oh my God, the push button Nokias. Oh, yeah. Uh, the walkie talkie feature. Mm-hmm. I never had one of those. Almost, but never have. Uh, I think those were Motorola's with the, with the walkie talkie feature, but yeah. I've, I, and I've said this all along, I've hated them because I don't like to be that easily accessible. Agreed. You know, I want to be able to ignore a phone call. Or a text message or an email or whatever, you know, and it's not to be rude, but sometimes I just don't want to talk to somebody, you know, not right now, maybe in an hour. Well, and this, this constant distraction, and that's how I look at it. We have to be constantly entertained, constantly mm-hmm. distracted, and we can't have a moment to ourselves. And that, exactly. I, I think, I think in the personal re- reflection that you can have on that's why people don't realize they're being a dick anymore is because they have no self-awareness. 
they're so constantly distracted by the bells and whistles and the lights and everything like that, that they don't know they're being total dicks to everybody and nobody, (laughs) and they wonder why nobody likes them. It's because they're, they're being constantly distracted by all this entertainment that we have. And there's not a moment. Okay. So the wife and I were out at dinner at a steakhouse not too long ago. And we look over, and there's this couple, and they're both looking at our phones. Now, we have a rule. If we're in the same room, phones go face down. We're not allowed to be on our phones if we're in the same room together. If we're out to dinner, we put our phones down. And if we're out to dinner with friends, even if I went out to dinner with you, I'd be like, put your damn phone down. Because you're here to socialize and be with somebody. You're not here to be distracted. You never said that to me. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I have not. I don't do that. But it's it's just ridiculous. And uh, for the people out there listening, you know, I want to make you self-conscious about this. You know, when you're with the people that you love and you respect, spend time with them. Quit looking at your damn phone. Put it down. You're going to be okay. And these I've, are these I've are people. Families doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I've been in in uh, meetings at work. People are on their phones. And I will stop my presentation and oh, wait yeah. for them to finish Absolutely. and ask them if they are done, if we can continue. Absolutely. And people think that's rude, but it's rude to be on your damn phone and not paying attention because multitasking is BS. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually impossible. Your brain can't do two things simultaneously. Well, and you're just screwing two things up at once instead of one. Pretty much. But even worse, um, I've been out to restaurants and, and other places, and this drives me up a wall. Somebody talking on speakerphone in public. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, they got it like four inches away from their mouth, and I don't know if they think they're going to get brain cancer if they hold it on their ear. I don't know. Nobody wants to hear your conversation. No. Nobody does. Probably not even the person on the other end of the line. Well, the thing is, is have some self-awareness. Have some self-awareness. Think of somebody besides yourself. We've become such a selfish society that we're like, well, how's that affect me? Nobody cares. <laughs> and the greatest thing, I mean, did you, did you hear Bob died the other day? Uh-uh. Exactly. Because nobody cares. There's about <laughs> 10 or 15 people around you who really care if you're alive or dead. And the rest of the world doesn't really give a crap. They don't even know. So have a little humility, realize your place in the universe, that you're not that damn important, worry about the five feet around you and how you treat other people, and you might just get through. But don't you realize who I think I am? Uh, not really. Because <laughs> I'm too busy thinking about myself. Oh, well, there's that. <laughs> but yeah, the, these, uh, these situations that we're talking about, um, especially with the constant distractions... I mean, when you're when you're sitting across from somebody out at dinner and you're both on your phone, sitting across from each other, not communicating, you wonder why you're getting a divorce. You wonder why the people you live with don't know you. You wonder why you feel so isolated. It's because you're not talking to people. You're not communicating. And when you become a bad communicator, your marriage suffers. Your personal relationships suffer. You don't have any friends. You have all your stuff delivered at home. You become a recluse. You live in an apartment. You never buy a house. On and on and on and on. Sound familiar? Well, apparently I'm a bad communicator because 
the only people that listen to me are the four people that listen to this podcast. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think you uh, communicate rather well. Um, as all joking aside, but it's just this isolation society, and and th- this goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast is the only way to control us is to separate us. If we don't talk to one another and we can't communicate well with one another, it's easier to divide us. Well, you know, it's, it's people feel isolated because they isolate themselves, but they isolate themselves because we've given them the tools to do that and make it easier and make their lives easier. You know, it used to be, you know, when I was a teenager, if I wanted to find information, I went to the library. I did uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. yeah, we had we had the World Book Encyclopedia when I was a kid. Oh yeah, the one with the pictures in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah those are the, cool. I had those too. Yeah, yeah we had door to door salesmen came by, but you know, research was going to the library, whether the school library or the town library, whatever. You know, and I looked things up. I went outside. I did things. I found information that way. I, you know. When I was growing up, I practically lived in the woods. You know, I was always off doing something. Right? You do, you do kind of look like a Sasquatch. Well, I try. I, sh- I I shaved a little bit. If you needed something, if you wanted something, if there was something going on in your life, you had to deal with other people. Well, and that requires effort. Right now, I don't need to expend that effort. I don't. You know, I can do everything I need from the comfort of my home. I can order my groceries. I can have food delivered from a restaurant. I can order everything I need right now from my home. I could not leave my home. And you're mad about it if you don't get it in two days. Because remember when we were kids, it's six to eight weeks yeah. before you got something. For your time life music tape. Or that you know. damn Captain Crunch submarine that ran on... <laughs> ran on baking soda you'd have to wait six to eight weeks after you mailed in the box tops that took a week to get there yeah so this instant gratification that we have as a society now if you get the chance out there go watch the social dilemma and they make these apps to where they're addictive Mm-hmm. They, they do that on purpose. The algor- and they're not controlled by people. People get this idea that that people are sitting watching other people do stuff. And it's not. It's the algorithms that are doing it. It's a machine. And the machine is out of control. And even the people who design these apps, the people who formerly work there, they don't let their kids on them because they know what they do. They, they are for behavior modification. And it's not behavior modification modification in a social sense is for a financial gain so they're going to show you the worst of the worst and keep you going down that rabbit hole i mean think about it when's the last time you've been on youtube and you started down one one rabbit hole and (laughs) just went two o'clock in the morning you're looking at stuff you're like what am i doing what is this crap i'm looking at I've, i've done it i know i've caught myself doing it a few times also and i can speak from experience and and not not from from a pulpit that preaching to people that they shouldn't be doing this. I mean, I only say it because I've done it myself and I had to pull myself out of that. And it was years ago back when they started doing this stuff before I figured out what they were really doing. And I just don't need to waste that much of my life. Absolutely. 
You know, um, I, I just wanted to explain the word algorithm gets used a lot and gets used improperly a lot, especially in TV shows and movies. Algorithm is nothing but a set of instructions. The computer sits there and listens or watches for a certain thing to happen. And then the algorithm, and when that thing happens, the algorithm, algorithm kicks in and follows a certain set of instructions based on what it saw. That's really all an algorithm is. And people don't realize they're being controlled by machines. Absolutely. Machines are controlling their behavior, controlling their buying habits. Yeah, there's not somebody in a, in a tower somewhere snickering, snidely whiplash or somebody, you know, watching everything you type. A computer sits and, and watches everything that gets typed by everybody. And then when something, you know, has uh, been set saying, you know, if this happens, let me know. And it will, it will alert somebody if you say a certain thing. It's just like, it's just like, you know, back in the, I don't know how it works now. But in the 80s, the NSA had 16 acres of mainframe computers underground. They listened to every single phone call that occurred in the United States. If a certain word or phrase like bomb, uh, assassinate, uh, president, you know, things like that, if those things were ever heard by those computers, it would let somebody know. Well, the same thing happens on all the social media sites now. And if something that they're looking for, you know, comes up, they will get notified and they will do something about it. You know, you will lose your Facebook account. You will lose your Twitter account. FBI will show up your door. Um, your plumbing will stop working. I don't know. But something will happen. Well, there's the now there's the Utah data center. The structure provides 1 to 1.5 million square feet of data center that is recording everything that happens on the internet. Now, there's no analyst sitting there looking at all that stuff. You have to become a person of interest. Once you become a person of interest, then they have all those communications which they can construct, and they probably have algorithms looking for that. These things work, folks. They're out there. I use one at work, and what it looks, looks for is insider threats. And if you go out of your behavior model... It alerts us and lets us know that you're outside of your behavior model. If you log on at weird times, if you're inconsistent in what you're accessing, if you access something you haven't accessed before, it lets us know. It's the all-seeing eye. It's basically Skynet on our network. And we can see everything. If you think where you work that they're not watching you, <laughs> they're watching everything you do and everything you look at. We were at dinner Friday night, and I got an alert that somebody went to some dance studio at 8 o'clock at night, and it came to my phone. The dance studio website. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dance studio website. So, you know, we get these alerts all the time, and if we're doing it as a private company, you can imagine what the government's doing with unlimited funds. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough of, of scare <laughs> tactics for today. Yeah, we'll... we'll uh... Let that one go for now. All right. Well, anything else on your agenda before we uh, close out today? No, I think uh, I think we've done enough today. Enough damage to the ears of our listeners. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. 
Well, I hope that everybody enjoyed this. Um, we'll be doing this podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, since I'm a noob, it takes me a while to edit this. So I try to get them out by Tuesday of that week. Uh, hopefully it'll be out by then. Um, barring any, anything disastrous happening like the internet going down. So, (laughs) but, uh, we'll, we'll do this in a weekly fashion. Uh, we're looking at getting some guests in studio to kind of, kind of get some uh, different points of view and different perspectives, kind of mix it up a little bit. And so you don't have to listen to our voices all the time. We're working on seeing how we can do some kind of donation section to kind of keep us going financially as far as buying equipment and things like that. We don't want to quit our jobs just yet, but uh, we, we would like to recoup some of the costs for some of the equipment. So we, we would appreciate some support. And if you have a friend out there that is like-minded and wants to hear what we think, maybe not necessarily what's really going on, but what we think about things, refer our podcast. And if you're on Podbean, click like or any of the other podcasts that that are podcast apps that you use uh like comment feel free to reach out to us i'm scott at techtools.net and i'm dean at techtools.net and that's tech tools with t-e-k-t-o-o-l-z and we have a website coming soon so until then we'll see you next week